It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. It's a celebratory Stop Hammer Time this week because uh, our we were in the cup final at the weekend. We, we went through all the groups and uh, we, um, um, we went through the group stages and uh, lost to many of the teams uh, in that, which would normally mean being knocked out. But uh, we somehow made it through to the semi-finals and at the weekend we won the cup final against Tottenham Hotspur. Here to discuss that, uh, MF Football are Jim Grant. Good evening. As always, hello Jim. Hi. Everything all right? Yeah, well, it could be better because uh, I has, uh, as you know, I had to, I had to surrender my ticket for yes. seconds because I had to work and I, I couldn't get there for an early kickoff. So, well, you'll be delighted to know that myself yeah. and Gary Killer Killington yes. had a wonderful. Uh, well, I'm, day I'm glad about that. Yep. I sent the tickets to you in a in a in a with sympathy card. It was uh, which kind of worked <laughs> yes. in a Gary way. Gary Killington put that picture up on Facebook. <laughs> what an excellent, what an excellent device that was. Uh, talking of excellent devices, Jim, you were a little bit late, so I bought uh, your yes, beer I'm, from I'm, the pub. I'm drinking beer in my in a, um, in a sort of sustainable my coffee sustainable cup. coffee cup which yeah. i carry around with me all well, the time it's not affecting the uh, the, the taste well, it's very I washed nice it, Jim. well that's very In good urine. thank you very much and uh, <laughs> also joining us this week now pete may's hammers in the heart is an excellent blog about football he is a good friend of this podcast yeah. and we of course we all know about russell raphael's uh, donna the hammer donna the podcast hammer. The, the podcast uh, blog which uh, you combines the subjects of wagner and west ham united but i think I think history has accredited the greatest West Ham blog of all time, uh, or at least of the last 120 <laughs> years, as the H-List blog, yeah. written by James Cairns. 
James can't be here today, but... Uh, <laughs> no, he is here, he is here. It's James Cairns. Hello, Phil. How Hello, James. Good to, to, good to have you back. Th- thank you, and what well, an introduction, thank not you. Not writing so much of the... Uh, of the, of the this is the greatest blog ever. No, well, since I won that greatest, accolade, I stopped, yes. uh, I stopped writing it's, it's it. It's too yeah. much pressure. Yeah, uh, yeah quite. Yeah, it's I like Brian Wilson before he made the Smile album for the Beach Boys. It was just... He, he went mad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he went mad and... As you will a... see over the next hour, yes. Yeah, the same thing has afflicted me. Um... Uh, but we have the Tottenham Hotspur game to talk about, uh, and then we, uh, we had a little bit of a chat about there was a forthcoming uh, the AGM of WHUISA, yes. and we have sort of some thoughts of that. Uh, I, 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 I don't, but you do. <laughs> but you two do. And yeah. uh, then we'll talk about the Southampton game, Southampton the weekend, game. and possibly also the women's and the uh, women's FA Cup, FA Cup final, final yeah, at the weekend, uh, to which both of you are going. Yeah, I'm going, definitely. Yeah, yeah me too. Because, because again, I've got another major work issue that's going mm-hmm. to mean I, I probably can't get to the start anyway of the Southampton game. So uh, it's getting all going pear-shaped on that front. But we could, well, it's working out for the team. For me to go and see <laughs> kicking off at 5.30. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. I'm Excellent. To it. Frustrating that you can't see both. It seems to me well, uh, that, that, that seems to be you know the FA and primarily between them have dropped a bollock over this. Really, it feels. Yeah, a, I mean, great. I think the organisers of the women's FA Cup final are, are primarily to blame because they have, you know, presumably two of uh, the teams that would be playing on a Saturday afternoon are going to get through to the final of the thing you've organised for 5.30 and trying to encourage uh, the women's game to sort of grow is hugely uh, sort of ameliorated by making sure that blokes who like football and they go to it yeah. because they like it aren't going to come to this and they presumably have control over the scheduling at their stadium it's still their stadium is it or have they sold it the yeah. fa the fa yeah. haven't sold it no no you're no, right no, i think yeah. it is an fa you decision know. but i mean to your point right the 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 people who are going to go and watch women's football are not going to be markedly different from the people who watch men's football no that's you know right. and the reality of supporting a club is it's tribal so yes. almost anytime you see anyone putting on a west ham shirt you want them to, to win yeah and absolutely as we Phil and I were talking about this on, on the walkover you know the, the reality is that West Ham making the final is perfect for the for the FA because it's not Manchester City or Chelsea whose fans might be a bit bored of going to Wembley yeah. it's a club who are in London who've got a big fan base who would love a trip to a cup final yeah and I think if it had been held on two days later on the bank yeah. holiday yeah West Ham could have taken 30,000 and I don't think that's particular exaggeration given the ticket prices are very low as well kids go free yeah, yeah. and you the know, weather's just, the, you know the weather yeah. and, uh, just it'd be a great party it'd be a great event I, yeah, I, strange. I, I mean there, absolutely there is absolutely missed a trick there's really an has. episode of the you know the West Ham women's team docu-soap that uh, I think there's you know there's a fixture at which uh, Jack uh, Jack Sullivan, you know, is talking to someone who's there with the game, and they sort of talk about that, you know, the Venn diagram of like, are these fans mm-hmm. of the men's team that are coming to a female game, or are they a sort of discrete set of fans in their own right? And if there is a sort of mindset that's going, you know, we want this, we want this new game to be free and fly away of its own volition. And, and say, you know, we're, we're, what we're not trying to do is get the sort of crowd from the pre-existing men's game to come to this new thing. We want it to be a new, discreet thing in its own right. That's fucking mental. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, primarily is. you should be attracting people that like football, is. not people that kind of, of like yeah. women or women's football. It's, it's the sport that yeah. is the attractor, not the sort of demographic, demographic that plays that sport. Well, we went to that semi-final at Adams Park and there must have been... About two and a half thousand in the ground. I, yeah, I, I would have thought of m- more West Ham, I think, than than, than yeah. Reading. 
And it was clear a lot of them were a lot of them were sort of knew the team and had sort of songs for the players and Nearly things. Play, yeah. But it was clear a lot of people had just come because you know it was yeah. it was an event and it was a West Ham team playing and and it was they were interested. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder for the women's team. I've been to one game right. this season because I can't make they, they're scheduled on a Sunday for the exact same time that my daughter plays. So right. there's I think there's some. Planning needed around actually how you get people to go to, yeah. to the games. And, Hopefully and, they're sort of learning exponentially from this because obviously the West Ham team now has a docu-soap about it and, you know, West Ham did make representations about moving the final. So hopefully next year there will be a kind of learning curve that hopefully the mm. women's FA will have mm. got onto at that point and, mm. yeah. and hopefully in concert with the men's FA learn that that's conceivably a problem because they go yeah. we well, get loads of bums on seats yeah, yeah, absolutely. if the people that go and watch the you know the men's team were, were free and able to go and see this game which as James you said on the walk up here is on a bang holiday so it could have even been on Monday yeah you know? exactly I mean on Sunday could have been on Monday yeah. you know they often are aren't they yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know. Um, oh, well. and the irony of them not moving it which I don't have a problem with that decision because I don't think it would have been fair on Southampton fans no that, but, that fixture but, but the final oh no no, oh, yeah, no, no, but, no I but don't they think mo- we should but they moved the Man City game right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah with yeah, exactly yeah. the same yeah. lack of notice for is it Newcastle they're playing I can't remember right, but yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. so there's, there's no notion that the reason for not moving it was to sort of not inconvenience fans because yeah, we know that that is bollocks. so far down the list yeah, of anyone's yeah. concerns yes. when they consider scheduling yeah. games. So it, it's just, it's very disappointing because yeah. I do think that West Ham could have taken a lot of fans to that yeah, game. Yeah, it would have been amazing. And, and frankly, the team will need as much support as they yeah, can yeah. get because they are going to have a tough time. But it would have been great. And just, yeah, uh, and as, again, as we said on the walk down to the studio, which uh, now this walk is reaching kind of legendary status and seems yeah. like it was like Gandhi's walk for freedom. <laughs> it yes. took us about yeah, yeah. a week. But it wasn't. It was like a five-minute walk. But we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're yeah, nimble we, guys. <laughs> yeah. we, are, we are both sporty-looking men. Yeah, I mean, yes. We're attracted to well, You've grown a beard. Yeah, yeah, and, not uh, on the walk. <laughs> who knows at this it point it was yeah. a long walk it was a long walk but uh, um, I've forgotten what we said on the, you know I think I think I think women's football would have arrived if if uh, 30,000 fat blokes from Essex had turned up and there'd been some sort of fight and chairs had been ripped out <laughs> that is the time that the yeah. you know the women's game would have arrived yeah there needs to be a hooligan element yeah. of women's football I think so yeah, and, yeah, otherwise we, nobody's going to take it yeah, seriously yeah, absolutely so yeah. there's a kind yeah. of serious punch up no absolutely yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. Jim I tried to and we're the club for that I mean like, yeah. You know, well, if absolutely. anyone is going to do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But we went to Tottenham Hotspur at the weekend and... Uh, yeah. um Again, our fans were brilliant at the away game. Really, yeah. really good. It was yeah. great. Uh, you know, I mean, their new stadium, all of their chairs were stood on in like our <laughs> sort of course, you know, bit of the ground at the end of it. Uh, and possibly many broken because of uh, oh, right. heavy set gentlemen standing on top of them. But it was a, it was a, you know, it was a great game. It was a, it was a, a really enjoyable win this, when the win hoved into view, yeah. there was a kind of, um, you know, a sort of disbelief and mounting kind of hysteria around our part of the ground that was really kind of joyful. It was like the it, tension. It, I mean, the clock watching was like people were watching the four minutes go down on their yeah, phones yeah, at the end yeah. of it. Like, it's, the, um, it's the symmetry of winning at, at the Emirates, isn't it? it was yeah. so, I mean, it has that kind of feeling of 
of sort of you know historical there was full destiny yeah, about yeah. it um and uh it's just such that's whatever happens it's great bragging rights isn't it that that really mm-hmm. is oh, yeah. it's, it's fantastic we're it's not, not only that it's we are never going to let them forget that <laughs> and, and uh yeah so it's so much more than just a one nil win isn't it yeah yeah you know and the goal is you know end the you know that that's goal of the season it there was a and there goal. and then yeah, isn't it yeah, in everything yeah. about it it was a a great goal the Ball in from Arnautovic to sublime. Well, I mean, you know, and, that's and, another thing. And the, you know, the, the, the sort of significance of it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And the celebration. Let's yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? He, he's, um, he's really keeping alive that kind of uh, the sort of 90s goal celebration tradition that no one is doing. No one knows he's doing, like, yeah, yeah. And he's very sort of, I mean, in a way, he's celebrating as much like he's playing in that it's very hit and miss. Like the carpet <laughs> thing was genius. <laughs> yeah, the we didn't was, talk about that enough. The carpet yeah. was great. Oh, laid, I did think you would have devoted an entire yeah, segment yeah, to that yeah. celebration. Yeah. When he lay down and stroked the carpet like a 70s porn star <laughs> or, or, or like David Sullivan buying one of those kind of tiger's head rugs and laying <laughs> down with some great. porn star and stroking it. It was a sort of fantastic, that was a fantastic celebration. But he, he clearly is sort of excited on uh, developing a different celebration for every conceivable time he scores a goal. This one yeah. was in- incredibly mad and odd. Yeah, it was very <laughs> odd. Had a slightly masturbatory quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> and was slightly mental. And, yeah, um, yeah. But what a great goal it was. Um, you know, one thing that is great about kind of the away support, and I don't want to you know, brag, brag about going to see games away or whatever, but, uh, you know, the, the support is you get Pellegrini's Clarenbrew army, yes. they sing the managers. And also, uh, Arnautovic gets a, you know, gets a pleasant ride from the away teams and doesn't get booed uh, like he does mm. at the Thunderdome. You know, he was... He, his name was sung quite a lot in the game and uh, you could see that when he sort of kind of he'd been substituted so he's got yeah. his tracks top on he sort of it was in two minds about coming up to the fans and sort of celebrating with him at the e- with them at the end but but Noble kind of bought him over and the fans were chanting Mark yeah. I mean, yeah, the, because he set up the goal yeah well he, he was excellent second half yeah really excellent he was moved to a sort of he, he, he started central didn't he and then they, he, he moved Antonio's central and that made a difference he just seemed to get on the ball a bit more and played with a bit more freedom um you know i mean we know the player he is i mean this is this is what kind of annoys you about the kind of fickleness of so many comments about about players is that you know we've got some we've got some good players they they don't always play as well as they can no that's the that's football isn't it really and presumably why he's with us because yeah. you know, with his yeah. level of talent, if he could produce that consistently every week, yeah, uh, he exactly. would he would have played for bigger teams. Yeah. Then or he would have stuck with Milan, which has been to Milan, which is where he was, I think, early in his career. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but it's a shame because I I do think when when we um, well that's when I write the story of this season, <laughs> you know, um, eventually um, the. The reality is, I think it died away with the China thing. With yeah, him. So it was funny. And he's gone off the ball, yeah, and uh, or off the boil, and we have as well. Really, I mean, yeah. you know, as great as it was on um, Saturday, uh, with a terrible run of results. In, well, yeah. I mean, those two. Yeah. The, the the I mean, the, you know, my my rage at the kind of Man U and uh, Leicester games sort of still is still simmering away because we did those were kind of we we did enough to win both those games and arguably we did win both of yeah, those well, games yeah, and the yeah. referee took the result away from us but we so the reaction after the 
Cardiff and Everton yeah. sort of games. I mean, the reaction was there. We, we, we yeah. you know, that that was the third game in a row, the Spurs game, where we played well. In yeah. the I, I would say very well. half time at Chelsea seems like yes, a little bit of a true. kind of turning point because yeah. we yeah. played well in the second, second half, half at Chelsea. Decent, and since yeah. then, we've continued to press teams, and you know, but that's what we need to do. I mean, you know, we're we're we when when Snodgrass is in the team. I know he's not the greatest footballer on earth, but he he sets a tempo. Oh, and he yeah, presses, he, yeah. presses people on the ball. You know, he makes life. Di- he's difficult to play against. He's an irritating bugger to play. Yes, against. I think I mean, we're wildly inconsistent, though, aren't we? And I think even within games. So, like you know, the Chelsea game, like the first half of Chelsea, oh, terrible. I was, you know, I went to that game and I was sort of there at mm. half time thinking. I just I don't know what we're trying to do, and I, no. must, I must admit I do think a lot of the times that um, coincides with when Hernandez is playing yes, because I, I just think the lack of focal point is a real problem. And then, as you say, the second half, Lanzini came into it. Arnautovic played played and, and much the better. Difference you know, was Snodgrass suddenly yeah yeah chasing down hope, lost causes, pressing people with the ball. You know, not letting anybody have an easy ball out of defence yeah. you know, I mean uh, he he really did you know to to use the sort of cliched uh, term cover every blade, blade of grass yeah, on yeah. so he worked hard in that Spurs game yeah. snog grass and I think he um, you know there were great performances all over the pitch but uh, uh, the extraordinary performance from Mark Noble in that game fantastic was, uh, yeah. very was notable superb. and I mean there was a, yeah. you know there was you know, I don't want to dig anyone out but there was a straight there was it's so binary, isn't it? On 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 the Facebook group, there was a thing of like, um, well, I hope that oh, that performance finally shuts people up. And you go, well, your implication finally, <laughs> he doesn't do that every week. It's no, not yeah. as if, it's not as if a, we just finally noticed that he does that every week, and therefore they've been saying it was a great performance. Or b, he somehow pulled his socks up and goes, you know, I'm going to silence the haters with my performance this week. I think he is always doing his best. And for some reason, everything sort of clicked on uh, Saturday. I sort of wonder, you know, kind of what that was in a way. I mean, he's very aware of what that derby means. Um, So I, I, you know, I don't know if he did sort of... They came up short against us in central midfield, didn't they? Yeah. And they didn't press us in the way that, in the same way that Man United didn't press us. You know, it will be, I'm sure, although actually it is a good time to play them, it'll be a different story at Watford. Uh, and and it, as it is against any team that really puts pressure on the ball and is and, yeah. and plays yeah. with a bit of physicality or is athletic, I think uh, is yeah, really thing. athletic and pacey. And and the problem is that that, that that against those teams we have come up short time and time again yeah. this season. Yeah. You know, away at Brighton. Um, you know, well, you, Everton at home. They, I mean, Everton at home. They outnumbered us yeah. in midfield, yeah, which I think know, when yeah. which to your point when Snodgrass isn't playing. And we don't have yeah. that three in the middle. Yeah. Noble tends to struggle because it asks a lot of him in terms yeah, of his mobility. Not, yes. He's yes. not an athletic player, but he's a talented footballer. Yes, I yes. Mean, uh, you know. I mean, actually, in the first half of that game, even though you know we went in, uh, you know, nil nil, and and we sort of made a pretty good account of ourselves in the first half. Noble seemed not only the most kind of um, uh, gritty, putting a foot in player in the game, he was also the most creative because Anderson had a weird... For me, what seemed to happen with Anderson in that game was he tried things that didn't come off for quite a bit, sort of in the first few stages of the game, and then decided to kind of keep it simple. And so quite often... It was just a bit of tipper tapper between him and uh, um, 
Arthur. I felt... Uh, and, and if someone, if sort of Rice came inside, a couple of little two-yard passes. And I think he sort of lost confidence a bit. In, in, in a way, his performance, of all, the, of all the excellent performances, was possibly one of the most disappointing and slightly I, weakest. Okay, but I felt he was... Yes, I, I, can, I, I get that. But I think he was a constant threat. There was an early moment where he absolutely um, were, were, you know, did the, the, their sort of uh, makeshift right back. Oh. Foyth, yeah. or whatever his name is, um, and it was a bit unlucky because he probably should have just he got to the byline and he probably should have just cut it back for a yeah, an yeah, that's right. Although mm. I think that cutback might have been cut out. I mean, it was you know that was it was mm. you know, did the usual you know Complain. throwing his yeah. hands around, but I'm not sure that that you can blame him for for not no, seeing no. that necessarily. But that meant they built virtually nothing down there right. All, all game until right near the end when he when what's his name got forward and and Jansen had the line Jansen, crossed, yeah. headed off the um, cleared off the line, um, and I think they were worried about him as a threat. I think he was he didn't have a great game, but no. he was significant in that they were worried yeah, about yeah. his pace and worried about his threat all all, all all through the game. I think when they sort of survived the first half, uh, I mean we survived the first half without you know conceding. He opened up a little bit towards the end of the first half. Yeah. He did some interesting yeah. things at the end of the first yeah. half, and then in the second half he sort of got into the game a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I thought it was sort of tit for tat the kind of first half. Um, I really got. I, I, I watched it. Uh, I recorded it and watched it and 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 watched it actually sort of t- effectively twice really in the end. Um, and then I thought, well, I'll, for once, when we win, I like watching Match of the Day. I never watch Match of the Day if we lose. No. Um, I thought, watch it, and I thought, oh, well, the first thing that's going to be in our highlights is surely Rice's blistering drive that goes just over the top. Mm. No. No. Uh, and it, yeah. th- they made it the look as though we were absolutely oh, yeah. under Overrun. the crush in the yeah, first yeah. half. We it's just like, all, no. I'm really irritated by the BBC's kind of narrative, footballing narrative. It's... Uh, 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 and it's why I've come to not want Liverpool to win the league. Mm. And I think sort of part of me, the kind of sort of kind of, in a way, the football fan part of me should want them to win the league because thinking about the politics of Man City and all that kind of thing. But I just, I just can't bear the thought of the media masturbatory fest <laughs> yeah. that will take place if Liverpool, if Liverpool win. Completely it. agree. It's, it's just, yeah. just sickening, really. I mean, frankly, Liverpool not to get miles off the topic but Liverpool have benefited from the ridiculous imbalances in um, footballing finances you know just as much as Man City yeah, sure. you know they, okay. there's a, okay. a good example of them getting knocked out of the Champions League a few years ago in the group stages yeah. and making more money from that than Porto who made the quarterfinals <laughs> you know because the whole thing is rigged towards the bigger clubs from bigger countries but I think we all know that and, and, and it's in, invidious and insidious the way it all you know even in, in commentary the way commentators talk through a game um, you know, if someone, if someone, you know, if someone from a lower team, you know, has a, has a great shot, the keeper saves it. It'll be a brilliant save. And then mm. at the other end, if someone has it, it'll be a, and the keeper saves it, it'll be a brilliant shot. Yeah. And and it's subtle the way this kind of this kind of narrative is 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 moulded and managed and, and whatever. Mm. Uh, but it's for for all of us, West Ham fans, but I'm sure lots of fans of teams. That are you know have, have have great fan bases have 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 good you know good team. It must be bloody frustrating as well. Yeah, and every yeah. so often there'll be a darling. I mean, Wolves are the darling this year. You know, yeah. um, Leicester have been the darling in the past, whatever. But that that that's that's just a kind of brief flowering. They'll they'll they'll, they'll, they'll be down the pecking order in terms of the media narrative before long. As but well. as we yeah. um, as as we. 
I really feel we said this came up in that the podcast with uh, Jeff Turner that we did a few weeks ago was that kind of what team, what sort of team do we want to be? And I feel yeah. that this team, you know, um, again, the manager's kind of comments in interviews after the game were, this is the way I want us. We sort of played the way I want us to play. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of reminded of kind of Harry Redknapp's sort of teams, both pre and post Kitson, were teams with a lot of talented players and a lot of sort of good on the deck sort of football. And what we had uh, before we got Hearts and Kitson was kind of no one up front. So we were sort of hugely fragile and stuff. What we had on Saturday was because of sort of, uh, you know, Dyer sort of came back and was in all that fit. We did slightly kind of um, boss, maybe not boss the midfield. But we certainly I think we did in the second yeah, half, we, definitely. We, yeah, we, um, completely. What definitely. we managed to do was keep out uh, this high line. That if we don't get it from kickoff, we're then fucked because the Everton game was like that. We sort of, we couldn't get on the good foot in that game. I've never seen a game where I sort of felt that we didn't even have a spell really in that in that Everton game. We didn't, if we can't establish that kind of high line that's the way we want to play, um, where we have real problems because what, 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 what they had was, then it was the pace of Son and Ali from breakaways and what we had was the ability to deal with that pace yeah. because Fredericks was quick getting back and yeah. Diop's quick getting yeah. back. So their breaks were yeah. something that, yeah. um, even though they're still called breaks, there was something that we sort yeah. of knew was going to happen and we were ready for them and we had the pace to deal with them, with Fredericks especially and Diop. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the Everton game though because I was having this discussion with some people after the game and I sort of tweeted out that, you know, I think it's possible to hold the dual opinion on Saturday that it was both brilliant but also like a bit disappointing that we don't seem to set our sights as a club a bit higher than just mildly inconveniencing Spurs every now and yeah, again. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I want I us to be more ambitious yeah. than that. <clears throat> yeah, but I also still think it's brilliant that we scored yeah, yeah. and we did all the rest of it. But to me, the Everton game is a really good example of why I still am a little bit unconvinced about Pellegrini in the sense that exactly as you say, I watched that game keeping thinking to myself, well, when is the tide going to turn it? When, when's he going to change something? When's mm, he going to show yeah. some flexibility to do something different to get into this game? And he didn't. And, and no. he, was going, he went through like a, a phase of about five games in a row where he had to make half-time substitutions, which suggests to me that you're getting quite yeah. a lot wrong in your team selection. And so I just have a bit of a concern about him in terms of, is he adaptable enough? Which sounds ludicrous, mm, right, mm. given his pedigree. I completely get all of that. But I, we are such an inconsistent team. Yeah, mm. I, well, I think injuries have killed us to a certain extent this season. Yeah, um, every year, right? Well, mm. yeah, but I think they have been particularly problematic this season to key players as well, I think. <clears throat> and uh, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think he had a mid-season wobble. I think the whole thing around Christmas, something went funny in the club. You yeah, know, and maybe it was the on out of each thing. Uh, it might well have been. Um, and, but you're right. I think, you know, team selection, we th- I, thought, I thought he started with completely the wrong team at Cardiff. Um, yeah. you know, Possibly there, there, the worst away performance several, oh, I've ever seen. Absolutely yeah, shocking. Yeah. We were shocking in that game. You know, so we, yeah, we have turned it. And, and yet, you know, we were, su- we were absolutely superb. Against, I don't think anybody's played as well against Liverpool as we played at, you know, yeah. in that yeah. game. You know, home, which we should have yeah, yeah, won and yeah. were again robbed by refereeing decisions. So, you know, it, it, I think you've got to give Matt, I just, boy, managers need time, I think, to, to establish things. He doesn't properly know. I think, yeah, what his best team is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is always a problem. But I don't think he's entirely at fault over that because yeah. I think of the injuries and what. We'll pick this up after this message.
Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Um, yes, we were talking about uh, uh, Pellegrini and knowing his team. I mean, yeah. I think the <clears throat> the one thing we have seen with him that he is that he sort of has faith in his squad and I think there is a, a notion that he puts 11 guys out on the pitch sort of in a way indiscriminately and goes these 11 guys should be able to do a good job and sometimes there's a the strange team he picked for Man City away was you know with that guy that's that's the only time he played this season the, yeah, yeah. Johnson. Oh, I guess yeah, that was probably injury driven it was yeah. injury driven but um, yeah. you know I think he I think there is that aspect to his mm. um, personality which is kind of stubborn but also sort of you know, in a way, laudable that 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 kind of. If yeah. I have a squad, I should be able to put eleven of them in and for it to work. I think there is a self-imposed handbrake at West Ham, right? Which is just the owners of the club and how they construct squads. Mm. You know, mm. not to go down the same rabbit hole I always go down when I'm on this <laughs> show, but you know, the yeah. the construction of the squad. I mean, and last week there was some discussion of it, and it was talking about a transfer window I didn't necessarily recognise because you know, Yarmolenko, Wilshere, Perez, Sanchez have all been complete failures so I, you know I can't get on board with the idea that there's been a massive turnaround in how we buy our players I think the Op and Anderson have been good buyers but they've been almost um, you know completely against the tide of how we purchase players yeah as is always the case we now need another summer of investment you know do, and to Jim's yeah. point you have to back a manager so if he's the guy he's the one we think we've yeah. got to back him that's my worry yeah. is that yeah. their track record is they, they've had what they think last summer was a was a good transfer yeah. window yeah. Um, uh, and I think they have a track record of not following that up. And I think yes. so. I think the acid test is this summer because they don't necessarily need to buy lots of players. I think they need to clear out some dead wood, get some wages uh, off the off the books. But they do need crucial, crucial, and you know, big money investment in certain places. And up front is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was notable that we had um, what I think probably is our best centre-back pairing, Balbuena and Diop, yeah. for the first time in a while. Diop's and that's our first clean sheet in a while. Yeah. yeah, it was great, wasn't it? He just needed to lay it off to Perez. Perez had yeah. the buster gut to get alongside him, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, And uh, probably would have, you know, he just ran out of stick. Yeah. You know, he hit the target, it was a save. He did, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, but he just kind of duffed, duffed the shot a bit, didn't he? He's, he's he looked, definitely, he looked like he was knackered. He did, he did. <laughs> he was fantastic. He, he made he one mistake in the game. Yeah. The rest of the time, it was absolutely flawless. But that rest he had has clearly Yeah, clearly, yeah. And, and, I, I, think, you know, and I think sort of Ogbonna, you know, did a really good job in that role. When, when Balboina first got injured, our, uh, Ogbonna seemed a tiny bit rusty. But then he was back to his best. And that's the ever-present Ogbonna of last season, who yeah. is a good player. We yeah. have three good centre-backs. We arguably need another one. No, uh, well, they've got we've Winston said this Reed, times. You have yeah, to have Winston four Reed, yeah. potential first-team yeah. centre-backs. That is why can drop back in, but at the moment he is yeah, essential where in that he is, job. You? You know, but yeah. you know, to Jim's point, the problem is they're paying 90 grand a week to Winston Reed, which mm-hmm. takes up a massive amount of your wage bill and yeah, yeah. you know they gave him a contract extension a couple of years ago and now he's been out the best part of two seasons yeah. that is that is how injuries yeah. are killing yeah. us I think yeah. we can be a little bit um, 
pleased that Sterling has won this young footballer, ridiculously has won this young footballer of the year because, to be honest, it had to be, in all honesty, between Rice and Alexander-Arnold as the young footballer of the year because they're the only kind of 20-year-olds. That Wan-Bissaka guy is a good He's good, but he hasn't made the impact that those two... No, well, I think Alexander-Arnold plays the same position and he's been better. So that's just a nice little bit of keeping him slightly below the radar. But, you know, I think we... It'd be great to hang on to him yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh, get at least another season out of him. Mm. Yeah. He is destined for great things, that yeah. boy, uh, and he's going to move on beyond West Ham at some point. But we want to get yeah. the most out of him. Yeah, okay. absolutely, and absolutely. sell him at maximum, you know, profitability. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now, over the last, over the course of the last few weeks, we had uh, Jim Dolan on from the uh, the. Whatever it's OSB. OSB. The following we had we had George Mann, um, who is less affiliated with them now, but was a WHUISA guy on. Now the WHUISA AGM is this weekend, and the impact or import of that was uh, slightly lost on me, but. Uh, uh, during our walk here, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the like the Jaro, you must have taken his. Right? It was like the Jarrow March. Yeah, yeah, was a yeah, lot yeah. of um, yeah. people were encouraging. Yeah. People were encouraging us on at the end because they yeah. knew that we were fighting a good fight. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was dr- I was dressed as Big Ben for a portion <laughs> of, uh, of, of the good, walk, good. but uh, and, and, and James but, was in a panda suit. Yes, but James and I, were, I had a bit of a chat about this, and he yeah. ex- sort of explained uh, certain of the issues to me. Yeah, so, okay. why don't between the two of you, well, you explain uh, it to me again, uh, and and therefore anyone listening that doesn't really understand. I'm not it. sure how good a handle I've got on it, but James, James, obviously. Well, so I'll try and give some broader context anyway, and I suppose I'd preface all of this by saying that. Um, criticism of the OSB and the construct itself is not criticism of the individuals who are on it. No. Um, you know, and, and to your point about Jim does fantastic it's work for Pride point. of Irons. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're a great group. Obviously, it's not problematic for um, for the club to be engaged with people who are trying to achieve great things for you know for supporters. And I think most of, of the individuals who are on the OSB have gone into that with the intent of achieving good things for supporters. Mm. The the problem is that they are not elected. They are selected by the club, um, with the possible exception of Jim, actually, who may be democratically elected by Pride of Irons. I'm not quite sure, but nobody else is. They're selected. And so the problem is when, when individuals purport to represent you, the first question you need to ask always is, well, if you represent me, how can I get rid of you? If, for instance, you hypothetically are, um, you know, uh, taking tickets off the club or something in exchange for putting positive stories on websites or something in a hypothetical situation. So if I can't replace the people who are there to represent me, then they're not representing me. So then the question is, well, who are they representing? And actually the only people they can be representing are the club. So actually what the OSB are are the club's representatives to the to fans. Now, that's okay. Uh, you know, I don't have any problem with people meeting to say, how can we improve... The, the food offering or how can we input into kit design or whatever else that that group is talking about. Because it's advisory. It's advisory. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, sort of absolutely. And, really is and I, I don't have an issue with that. No. And, and I think, you know, again, to my earlier point, the people who are doing that are doing so with the best of intentions. Yeah, so giving up their own time. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. So I have no issue with that. But again, they are not representative of fans. Mm. And 
Um, the Independent Sports Association, you know, whether you are a member or not, whether you believe in it or not, is an independent group. It is democratically elected. It is affiliated to the Football Supporters Federation, which um, is important because you can only get that affiliated status if you are a democratically elected group. And if you are an affiliated member, you can go to um, Football Supporters Federation meetings with the Premier League to put forward things on behalf of fans. So it's important. You can sit with other supporters yes. trusts and supporters <clears throat> groups and do that. The OSB cannot do that because they are not democratically elected and are not affiliated. That's very interesting. That's the thing you said that, that I, yes. I was very interested in because it's yeah. Uh, yeah. With and it, and it's, supporters yeah. federation. Is, yeah. yeah, and I, I think George's, George Mann, is put, is also a great friend of this podcast, mm. has put down uh, motions for the annual general meeting on on... Saturday, which I think is at 11.30 at the White Post. Uh, is it 11.30? I don't know the time, but it's definitely at the White Post. Yeah, I think you might be uh, I won't be able right. to go. I shall be at work, unfortunately. But um, uh, and, and, and actually, you know, the thrust of his motions is about, you know, not that the, the, there shouldn't be um, OSB. When you say of, the thrust of his motion, are you talking yeah. about the Antonio goal celebration? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you know George, you'd know that's exactly yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his dance moves. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that, you know, there shouldn't, that, that we shouldn't have, you know, uh, mem, mem, well, we shouldn't kind of, kind of muddy the waters between the two, between the two organisations, mm-hmm. basically. There shouldn't be OSB. Um, representation on the Huiza com- committee and, uh, and and so on. So, um, I think it's important you know, that if I you are an ISA member, that you go to that AGM yeah. because the the follow on from what Jim's saying there is that there is a suggestion that OSB members will go to that meeting and attempt to force down that motion yeah. and take committee positions and take the ISA onto the OSB, which will do two things: it will strip the ISA of its independence. So, you know, I would have no interest in being a member anymore in that scenario. Um, but what it would also do is allow the OSB by stealth to get an FSF affiliated position. Yeah. Now, somewhat to a degree, they already have that because Pride of Irons are an affiliated member and they're on right. that um, body. Um, but it would um, allow them to go and sit next to other independent sports associations mm-hmm. at those meetings and represent West Ham. And the reality of that then is that we would lose any, you know, as a fan base, we would lose our independent supporters' mm. representation. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people within the ISA, you know, who joined the ISA would object to that. Yeah. And, you know, the reality of an independent sports association is that you can go into a meeting with the club and the club won't meet the ISA. I need to stress that point. You know, so that's why people yes. joined the OSB, yes. I suspect. Yes. But by joining the OSB, they kind of cut the legs off the ISA because they took away their ability to engage with the club because the club have to engage with the fans' body. Yeah, yeah. So what West Ham have done, which no other Premier League club is, West Ham said, we're not going to engage with the independently democratic group, elected group. Yes. We're just going to create our own. Yes. And no other club does that. It's a nonsense. But, you know, an independent group can sit with someone like Brady and say things like, what's going on? Why do you have a column in the sun, which is quite damaging Mm. to the club? Why do the owners not convert their loans to equity? Why does it cost us £10 million a year to have you as our owners? And, And talk about those kinds of things. Even holding Sullivan to account on all the promises that he made last year about revolutionising an mm. analytics and scouting department and the stuff that never happened. That's never going to happen through the OSB because their meetings are controlled, the agenda is set by the club, they talk about things that the club wants to talk about. Right. And again, I'm not saying that what they talk about is not useful stuff, but it's not independent representation of fans. Interesting, yeah. 
that's I, I hadn't really realised the implications of uh, all and of that until yeah. it was explained to me. Do, do you know anyone involved with or know anything about or uh, 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 this Hammers United thing, this sort of alternative sort of independent um, thing that sprung up? So they sprang up and I asked a few questions of them on Knees Up Mother Brown to try mm. and understand a bit more about it and got fairly mm. short shrift. Mm. Um, and so some of my questions were, you know, are you ever intending to be a democratically elected yeah, body? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in fairness to them, they sort of, uh, re- their initial answer is to just tell me to get lost. But the second right. follow-up answer was a bit more polite. And I think what they're saying is they want to move towards affiliated status. Yeah, I'm not, quite sure how they think they can do that without being a democratically yeah. elected body. are they are they is this any way are they i don't know i don't know any anybody involved in it but are they, are they in any way sort of kind of connected to or or following on from or fall out from this real west ham fans thing is there some crossover there or is it is it a kind of resurfacing of that in some way i don't know i think a lot of the people are the same i think in fairness to them they are their position public position is that they want to move away from the tribalism of that yeah what they keep saying is that they're non-political which is fine but i think what that really is is a coded shot at the independent supporters association who were sort of smeared as being political last year by the real west ham fans group a number of those people on the committee were sort of threatened out of their positions yeah um so, I, truthfully, I don't know enough about Hammers yeah. United. I've sort of read a little bit about them. I can't quite yeah. get a handle on what they want. Yeah. But, you know, look, anyone who wants to be a supporters represent, representative, I'm all for, because if yeah. they're successful, we will all sort of benefit from it. But I do have a belief that if you want to represent people, you need to put yourself up for election and you need to mm. be accountable to fans and mm. actually... Uh, no, no comment on Hamish United because I don't know what the situation is. But no. certainly with the OSB, yeah. they're not really accountable. I'm always to a us. little bit wary of the kind of the kind of the non non political tag because it normally means that well you're right wing men, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, I think that <clears throat> Wisa was you know held out as being a left wing group, which I'm not sure mm. was fair. No, um, but you know whatever. I mean, people's politics are what they are. Um, they're, what they're saying is we're not going to bring politics into representing West Ham fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as a principle, I don't have a problem to that. I don't really think Wisa did, to be honest. Not really. No. Um, you know, but uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a minefield. And yes. the problem, I think, for West Ham fans really is that it will be a real struggle for us ever to get proper representation because we're so fragmented yeah. as a fan yeah. base. We're going to have to wrap this up yeah. fairly soon. Okay. So we have two more games to go. I mean, I, yeah. I sort of... Um, it was a shame about... You know, I mean, those two games that the referee essentially stole from us uh, would have got <laughs> us a bigger point. So, well, as you said, Jim, the, the Liverpool game earlier, actually, we would have possibly been ch- challenging for seventh place. Um, it would be great if we could get to 50 points and nominal, you know, having got that sort of unexpected win at the weekend. I mean, it would be, you know, that's a win and a draw, though. So that's a, quite a big ask. But, uh, you know, it would be terrific if we could get to 50 points and sort of finish the season sort of strongly um Southampton are safe yes um Watford will have the cup know, final to think of. I mean I don't final. entirely those, subscribe those games to... will be end of season games that yeah. who, you know who, who sort of wants it more on the day I yeah think. yeah um we'll beat I mean, Southampton 5-2 it will be one of those 5-3 or something it'll be one of those ludicrous games when no one defends well I used yeah. to like though we talked yeah. about the Redknapp era we used yeah. to quite often have the yeah. end of season games yeah. under Redknapp or attack fest testimonials yeah. 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 
doing yeah, hat tricks yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He's beat like we win four three or yeah, five yeah, two yeah. or you know. I, I, yeah, uh, you know, I like be, really end of season. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. For it. You know, as I've said a couple of times, you know, that, uh, you know, I had this feeling at Christmas that didn't really happen. Uh, that was, you know, we we felt like our trajectory was upwards and we might. Uh, you know, have a, a manager and a team that didn't sort of slightly come down with the decorations and, you know, that was safe with 40-plus points and uh, and would, you know, sort of shoot for the moon after that. Actually, we had a bit of a slump, you know. Yeah, we did. And, uh, uh, but, the, the, you know, the last three games have shown a kind of upwards sort of trajectory and, and uh, you know, I, I'd hope for sort of something out of these games. What are, what are our predictions for Southampton the weekend? I think we probably will win that. I think, yeah. I think they might just be, you know, uh, flip-flops on. So yeah. I think 2-0. 2-0, 2-0. Mm. James? 5-3 West Ham. 5-3 West Ham. Take it to the bank. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> I will then say 4-2 West Ham. 4-2, 4-2. High, sc- high scoring goal. <laughs> do, do I think that really? No, oh, I was just saying anyway. Um, and good luck to the, good luck to the women. Yes, team. good luck to the women. Yeah. Uh, predictions, I shall, I shall predictions. Watch that. It's Manchester City well, beat they, they, they've beaten heavily up there. But that was earlier in the season. They've got yeah. their act together a little bit more. Um, since then, the second game against Manchester in the league was a defeat, but not three, quite two or three one. I think three yeah. one. I yeah. think mm. um, they've got goals in that. That attack has got goals yeah. in them. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's a question of keeping them out, which probably will be a bit difficult. I think we'll I think we'll lose, but I'm hoping it might be quite tight. Maybe yeah, two one maybe. Two one. I'm going to say three two to City. Unfortunately. Mm. Uh, one nil West Ham. One nil West Ham. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, it'd be great to win a yeah. trophy. Yes, be great. it would be. Yeah, it would be yeah. absolutely fantastic. Uh, it would be a great day if we won that game. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. James Cairns. Good night. Come on, you irons. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.